Someone somewhere once said that New York City is the greatest city in the world. Someone somewhere else once said that the degree of civilization in a society can be judged by entering its prisons. And if we're judging New York City by Rikers Island, we've got some issues. Turned out to be the deadliest year for overdoses at Rikers in a decade. 26 people in custody, or very recently released from custody, have died. You could be beat up and be in that cell and be dead, and nobody would know. That's scary. We've talked about the deplorable conditions at Rikers jails before on Today Explained. It was two years ago, and people keep dying there. But now there's an opportunity for improvement. Today, a federal judge hears arguments to strip control of Rikers from New York City and its mayor, Eric Adams. A federal takeover of Rikers Island, coming up on the show. Support for Today Explained comes from Vanta. Vanta knows that when it comes to ensuring that your company has top-notch security, things can get very complicated. Now you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance with a single platform, and that platform is... Vanta. Vanta can help you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk, plus quickly complete security questionnaires with Vanta AI. According to Vanta, thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews. You can learn more by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash explained. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash explained. This week on The Gray Area, Stephen Markley, author of the novel The Deluge, on why he was compelled to write an epic book about climate change. If 50 years from now we have used this period in history to turn the corner on the climate crisis, and you and I and everybody listening to this was a part of that, that is an incredible way to spend one's life. That's This Week on The Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. Explained, Sean Ramos firm. We wanted to talk about Rikers and what it says about incarceration in America, so we reached out to Matt Katz, who covers the jails on the island for Gothamist. So much Rikers news going on right now, Sean. There is a big hearing this week where a federal judge, for the very first time, will consider a federal takeover of the city jails in New York City, the second biggest jail system in the country long plagued by a slew of problems, particularly violence. It seems as if violence is the only thing that people respect. You could be beat up and be in that cell and be dead and nobody would know. That's scary. In the last just few weeks, uh, there's been just a growing call, more momentum for a takeover of the jail system. In other words, resting control of all decision-making processes when it comes to incarceration in New York City and taking all that away from the mayor's administration and giving it to a all-powerful federal receiver. A federal monitor appointed to oversee the city's jails is urging a judge to hold the Department of Correction and its commissioner in contempt for failing to make safety improvements. There's currently about 6,000 detainees. That number's been increasing. 
But there's been a long-standing humanitarian crisis going on in Rikers Island, which is where almost all of the jails in New York City are. It's really accelerated over the last several weeks and months. The federal monitor who oversees Rikers Island is now criticizing in court Correction Commissioner Louis Molina over the handling of five incidents in city jails in May, five incidents this month alone, that the monitor says are representative of a larger trend. Do we know what a takeover would entail? We don't know exactly. We know, generally speaking, what those who want the takeover say a federal receiver, which would be the the name of this all-powerful figure who takes over for the uh, on behalf of the feds. We know what they might be able to do. So they can spend the billions of dollars the corrections department has and spend it as they see fit. They can hire and fire staff and likely be able to avoid, you know, union contracts that might restrict the firing of some people. They might be able to appoint new leaders of the jails without going through some of the longstanding city bureaucracy and city work rules that, you know, limit who you can hire. They, they also might be able to do smaller things. I reported a few weeks ago that for unclear reasons, the correction department is spending almost $100,000 on submachine guns. Why? I, I, yeah, I found the order for this in the city record. And that is strange in large part because you're not even allowed to have a gun working at Rikers Island. So, you know, theoretically, a federal receiver could say, you know what? We're not spending $90,000 in high-powered submachine guns. For example, the the correction department just cut $17 million in job training and social services for people at Rikers. So a federal receiver could say, you know what, we're going to spend city tax dollars on this thing that city officials before didn't want to spend money on. I think when I hear the argument made for a receiver, I hear a difference in the decision-making process for how big decisions for how the jails are run are made, and also uh, the spending processes. And the the question, though, of course, is whether it changes the, the culture of Rikers Island. But I think we would see some high-level changes. Let's talk about how we got here. I mean, we covered the issues at Rikers about two years ago on this show when it seemed like things couldn't get any worse. The chief medical officer on Rikers wrote a letter a couple weeks ago to the city council saying, in effect, that the city was no longer able to guarantee the safety of of the people it was holding there and basically calling it a, a humanitarian crisis that needed dramatic action to resolve. But they sound like they even got worse from there. When exactly do the problems on Rikers Island begin? Is it when they put a jail there? You talk to some people and they say Rikers Island is just a reflection of the mass incarceration problem that the United States has had for for, for decades. But there have been long-standing issues since uh, the jails have operated there. I mean, it is a massive complex. It's on a island that is only accessible by by a bridge. There's difficulties, you know, moving people through the court system, getting people to court. So people languish there for longer than they necessarily need to. Remember, almost everybody there has not been convicted of a crime. They're all just facing charges and they're awaiting their hearings. It takes a long time to get to the 
infirmary. Um, it takes a long time for officers to respond to emergencies. Did you get medical care when you needed it? Barely. It was an incident where I had needed stitches and I did not receive stitches. There's issues with the physical plant. And then, you know, there's been accelerated problems in recent years, particularly during COVID. It is in the middle of a pandemic. We saw people that didn't have access to showers, didn't have access to food, didn't have access to PPE or clean clothes. And then last year was the highest death rate at Rikers in more than a quarter century. Deaths on Rikers Island have become a common occurrence. In 2021 and 2022, 26 people in custody or very recently released from custody have died. Every few weeks, we're hearing about another death at Rikers Island from a range of things, you know, medical issues and officers either not taking somebody to the infirmary, not responding to a medical incident uh, when somebody was having one. There's been an issue with, with fentanyl getting into the jails and people overdosing. It turned out to be the deadliest year for overdoses at Rikers in a decade, in no small part because of fentanyl. And the big question, how are the daily deadly drugs even getting into the jail? And there's been suicides. Elected officials are speaking out after an unannounced visit to Rikers Island. It comes after another inmate committed suicide over the weekend. And You know, the deaths really became something that I think the, the public could pay attention to more so than, you know, just another slashing or stabbing in the jails. Hundreds honored the 18 lives that were lost while in custody behind bars at Rikers this year. This was something that the the media in New York and politicians in New York started talking about uh, more frequently and more aggressively. And I think that's really what led us up to this point where there's um, consideration of a total takeover of the jails. There's been a federal monitor who was appointed almost eight years ago to oversee Rikers Island. And I've read way too many of uh, the monitor's very, very long reports. And through the years, the monitor has seemed to go out of his way to, uh, you know, give give the city as much credit as he can. Things are tough there, but the city's trying. The city says they're going to implement this reform. I think that's going to be good. The tone of the monitor, whose name is Steve Martin, changed entirely this spring and summer. Mayor Eric Adams had implemented an action plan to reform the city's jails a year ago. And the monitor in the summer said that the action plan had essentially failed. The pace of reform has stagnated instead of accelerated in a number of key areas, meaning that there has been no meaningful relief for people in custody or staff from the violence and the unnecessary and excessive use of force. He said that the correction department stopped giving him information, that they appeared to be hiding information, including about deaths and what led to deaths and and not reporting deaths promptly. He noted that every safety And violence indicator is substantially higher from when the monitor was installed eight years ago. Officers' use of force skyrocketed 127%. The number of people sustaining serious injuries skyrocketed from 74 in 2016 to 434 last year. These are people sustaining serious injuries because of violence in the jails. Once he came out and made these allegations, he also started describing incidents in the jails uh, that are 
even shocking for Riker's standards. He described five violent incidents that left two detainees dead, one paralyzed, one hospitalized in critical condition with fractured ribs, and that man was left naked and alone for at least three hours after he was assaulted. Officers basically ignored him. He described an incident in which a detainee ran out of an elevator at Riker's Island. So staff took him down. He was bleeding. They put him in rear cuffs and leg restraints. And then while being held by the staff, his head banged on two things that that were like on the ground and the concrete floor. And that paralyzed him from the neck down. There was an incident in which a man died by suicide, and DOC, the Department of Correction, had not reported the incident to the monitor, which they're required to do. Also, an incident in which the city had said somebody had a pre-existing medical condition and died of a some sort of heart failure. Um, it turned out he had actually died of a fractured skull, which calls into question what led to the fractured skull, of course. Um, and then finally, there was a detainee in his 80s, considered cognitively impaired, didn't understand English. His arms were were pulled and twisted after he refused to go into a holding pen, rear cuffed and locked in a cell alone without a toilet for four hours and ended up in the ICU. Uh, this was literally just a snapshot of a couple of weeks on Rikers Island. And uh, the federal monitor who's been there for eight years had enough. These incidents raise serious concerns about the management of individuals in new admission intake and the department's ability and commitment to ensure safety and to provide adequate supervision, timely medical care, and accurate reporting. Are people in New York City confident that bringing in the federal government can fix Rikers? I think that probably depends on how people feel about the mayor. If people are supportive of Mayor Adams and think that he's somebody who knows how to get things done, then they probably don't want a federal receiver. I am the best person in this administration to finally turn around the Department of Correction. But I think many New Yorkers have heard too many horror stories from Rikers Island for too many decades that they would like somebody with uh, more power to come in and fix things. For many people, it's a stain on the city, right? I mean, you have what is supposed to be a, a world-class city, and you have a, 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 a physically uh, decrepit and, by humanitarian standards, a absolutely substandard jail system. Is there a day, you think, where New Yorkers will no longer need to hear about humanitarian crises and, and suicides and, and brutal beatings and deaths? at this jail where most of the incarcerated people haven't even yet been tried for a crime. That's supposed to happen four years from now because city law mandates that Rikers Island actually close in 2027. But the current mayor has questioned whether that actually can happen by 2027. We're gonna take a quick break and we got more with Matt Katz in a minute on Today Explained. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from NetSuite. 
I've never worked in media before, and it's really fun to see deals come through, especially when we signed with MKBHD and the Waveform podcast. That was one of my favorite shows on YouTube, and I love that we've partnered with him. I'm Christina Ho Rodriguez, and I am a senior manager of revenue accounting at Vox Media. At Vox, I'm not so siloed in my own revenue accounting department. I'm getting to see the big picture of, of what the company is working on. In my first year, the company went through a really big merger with another media company, and we switched from our old ERP system to NetSuite. We had to integrate NetSuite really fast. It was very user-friendly right out of the box. Over the last couple months, our team developed a new revenue reporting module that makes our reporting much faster, much more automated. I have a lot of hope with what we can do in the future with NetSuite so that we're able to optimize, make our team a lot more successful, and improve our processes. We're only as good as our best data, and NetSuite allows us to see it all. Discover the power of NetSuite, a leading cloud financial system serving more than 37,000 businesses. Download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com explained. That's netsuite.com explained to get your own KPI checklist. Support for Today Explained comes from Shopify. How well do you know the ins and outs of starting a business? Admittedly, I don't know very much. To actually do it, apparently, you might not need as much savvy as you think because there are e-commerce tools to help make getting started easy for anyone. Tools like, you guessed it, folks, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. The beginning stages, the middle stages, the final stages. According to the company, they support online and in-person selling, and their award-winning support team will help you along the way. They even have an AI tool called Shopify Magic, which might help make things even easier. Who doesn't like magic? You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash explained all lowercase. Don't you dare use uppercase. Go to shopify.com slash explained now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash explained. Enjoy. Today Explained is back with Matt Katz of WNYC Radio in New York City and Gothamist. Matt, you mentioned that all these problems at Rikers could one day conclude with Rikers shutting down in 2027. How did that plan come to be? The plan came to be under the previous mayor, Mayor de Blasio, uh, several years ago and the city council to make this happen, to close Rikers uh, by 2027 and replace them with these four smaller jails. In Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Bronx and Queens, each facility would be in close proximity to the courthouse. The goal is to create a safer alternative to Rikers Island and have inmates closer to their families and attorneys. But now there's a lot of questions about whether that actually can happen because under the current mayor, there's been more arrests, um, there's been a more aggressive law enforcement, and there are now more than 6,000 people in the city jails. And in order to close Rikers, the jail population has to be almost half of that, because the four new facilities to replace Rikers can only hold about 3,400 people. So it is unclear how this is going to happen. 
So New York approves a plan to shut down Rikers, and now it looks like New York City might not be able to fulfill its own plan to shut down Rikers. What happens if the city fails here? It's a potential looming mess. The possibility of a federal takeover is interesting in that it might both give power to somebody who can make some changes necessary in order to close Rikers, but it also might mean that there's no other authority to appeal to if Rikers doesn't close, right? I mean, if there's a federal uh, receiver who's running the place and um, there's too many people to incarcerate in those four smaller jails, then what can be done? So it sounds like you're kind of doomed either way. You're doomed to keep this jail open or to move people to other jails and worsen conditions there. And you have a humanitarian crisis Either way. Or you you change your policies toward incarceration. More than 50% of people at Rikers Island held pre-trial are diagnosed with a mental illness. And about a quarter have a serious mental illness. And you hear activists, reformers say that the city and state, for less money, could provide... For example, supportive housing for certain mentally ill alleged offenders. So supportive housing meaning you're provided a place to live, a safe place to live, and um, services in conjunction with your your home. So drug rehabilitation services, uh, mental health counseling, assistance, getting public assistance. These are ideas in order to dramatically reduce um, the population of Rikers. If 50% are suffering from mental illness, is a jail the right place for them? Is that what's best for public safety? These are important questions. Or is a jail only going to make them worse and cycle them out of the system back onto the streets where they are, are less able to take care of themselves and to not pose a threat to others? You're saying the best option on the table here right now because the New York City penal system is stuck between a rock and a hard place is to rethink incarceration altogether. Either rethink incarceration altogether or build more and more jails to hold the more and more people that are being um, held there. Which feels more likely to you? The former option in terms of like finding a new way of of uh, uh, dealing with people who are suffering from mental illness who have contact with the criminal justice system that's a lot harder and requires a lot more buy-in um from the a wide swath of the political establishment and right now the current mayor that's just not as philosophical approach. Um, You know, he's a former NYPD police officer who sees jails as a place to hold dangerous people in order to prevent them from committing crimes on the street. But, you know, reformers point to the things that happen every day at Rikers Island saying that, you know, public safety, it's also the safety of the individuals who have not been convicted of crimes that are held in these jails every day. I mean, just in the last few days, as I'm talking to you, the Federal Monitor issued one of his many reports and described a situation where Rikers officers were overheard on body-worn cameras, quote, bragging about beating up a detainee who was being held in a mental observation unit. And the officer is heard saying, I'm going to fuck you up again. 
Officer number one then exited the day room and continued to stand near the person in custody and verbally antagonized him on and off for over 10 minutes before the individual was removed from the area. Reformers would say that person's only going to cycle back through the system. And that's not going to make anybody safe. So a whole rethinking of how we approach incarceration is what people say is called for here, but it is uh, politically a hell of a lot harder. But there's no chance Mayor Eric Adams wants to rethink incarceration in New York City right now. Is there a chance that this federal takeover of Rikers Island could lead to reforms? There's a chance, but it's a, going to take a while to get there. Uh, we're now having hearings to consider this, uh, but a decision on appointing a federal receiver wouldn't happen earliest next year. And then there will likely be legal challenges, particularly from um, the correction officers union who see a, a such takeover as a threat to their members and to their sway over the correction department and getting work rules in their members' favor. So let's say a federal receiver comes in in a year and starts making changes, but can the federal receiver make changes to who gets incarcerated? Unlikely. Such a process would have to happen in conjunction with the courts and the city council. And so you you can see an improvement, I think, under a federal receiver, potentially in terms of the conditions at Rikers Island. Uh, but whether or not a federal receiver can move us closer to lowering the population of uh, detainees there in order to close the place by 2027, uh, that's going to be very tough and require a lot of other forces uh, in conjunction with a federal takeover. There is no question that it's not just detainees who are traumatized at Rikers Island, but the people who work there. The officers who tell us they get spit on and sexually assaulted and slashed in the face with knives and shivs on a daily basis. They're also traumatized. The communities that the detainees leave for months and years on end, their families, their children are traumatized. And then, you know, people walking through the bodega and seeing another headline of another death on the cover of the New York Daily News um, they're getting some of that trauma downstream, too. I mean, this is how the richest country on Earth uh, deals with its most difficult and vulnerable people. And I don't think that's <laughs> healthy for anybody, uh, particularly the individuals involved, but also for the rest of us. Matt Katz reports on incarceration, public safety, and Rikers Island for Gothamist and WNYC Public Radio in New York City. You can find his reporting at Gothamist.com. Our show today was produced by Siona Petros. She had help from Matthew Collette, Amina Al-Sadi, Laura Bullard, Patrick Boyd, and New York City's finest, David Herman. And thanks to Darren Mack from the Freedom Agenda for his help as well. This is Today Explained.